we hear of no miracles or of no extraordinary penances in her life. Her external life can be summed up in three words, ordinary, obscure, and laborious. But her interior life is something that only God can know. For even that most intimate union of body and life that preceded the birth of Christ was only a shadow of the complete union of heart and soul which persisted throughout every moment of Mary's existence. From the very beginning of her consciousness, even some say from the very first moment of her conception, she gave herself completely with every fiber of her being to God, cleaving to him in an utter abandonment of love and humility that cannot be conceived. By the way, when he talks about Our Lady's life being ordinary, obscure, and laborious, he doesn't, obviously, when he says ordinary, he doesn't mean, you know, that most women are immaculately conceived or, you know, are the recipients of the divine maternity and so forth. Obviously not. He, he, he has the faith completely. Um, he's, he speaks of her eloquently elsewhere in the book. Um, but, but what he's talking about is that the, the life of the Holy Family at Nazareth was just that. It was ordinary, obscure, and laborious. Our Lord wasn't going around saying, oh, Saint, you know, Dad, you know, St. Joseph, don't do that. I'll, let me just work a miracle, and then you, know, you won't have to do all that hard work on the wood uh, to be a carpenter. Or, you know, Mom, you don't have to cook. I'll just sort of you know, zap it. Um, there weren't st- stupid, ridiculous, unreasonable, uh, or, or, or superfluous comic book type miracles in the Holy Family at Nazareth. It was a it was a life of drudgery. It was a life of labor, of obscurity, of hard work, um, and yes, a life of joy. I, I'm I'm not. I, I really don't want to be morose about this. Um, and by the way, there's joy in drudgery, so that's got to be kept in mind here. Or there's joy amid the drudgery, I suppose, is the best way to say it. And the people um, who who live devout lives and who live through their drudgery will be able to tell you about the joy that, that comes there. So, um, Father Boylan continues here. I'm, I'm skipping a bunch. There is nothing extraordinary required of us in external works. Our Lady is the perfect model of the Christian. But what a rebuke to our notions and to our standards. She has she had the best equipped mind that ever lived in Christendom. She was enlightened as no prophet had ever been enlightened. She had a power of intercession of which no one can determine the limit. She had a zeal for her son's glory and her son's work that burned more fiercely than the zeal of all the great souls of the church. Yet what was her life? Ordinary, obscure, laborious. The wife of a village carpenter, she takes care to lose herself in the crowd. The mother of the far-famed Messiah, she appears but once in his public life between Cana and the Passion. The most enlightened and zealous member of his church, she is invisible to our eyes from the day of Pentecost. She gives but one message to men in words and preaches a life of long, a lifelong sermon in obscurity and silence. All her desires seem to have centered on her own effacement. Even the active work of preaching Christ and the teaching of his doctrine she left to others. Although tradition has it that the disciples found in her a gentle instructress and calm inspiration for their ministry. There would be much more holiness as there would also be much more happiness in the world if her Christian sons and especially her Christian daughters were to imitate her example. 
I think that's a beautiful passage. Um, so uh, he's obviously not trying to quench anybody's zeal. He's, he's talking about how zeal can be directed in, well, drudgery, uh, although he doesn't use the words. So um, hopefully that will sort of help to dispel the picture book uh, or comic book notion of, of sanctity that a lot of people have and realize that, yeah, it really is in little things. It really is in living out the obligations of our state in life and dealing with the daily circumstances, the reversals, the vicissitudes, the joys, the pleasures, the glories, the shames, the, the embarrassments, the, the uh, mortifications, the contradictions, uh, all of that that we're faced with in whatever it is that our endeavor is, whether it's a professional life, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a priest, monk, religious, nun, uh, whether you're a layperson, uh, a student, uh, any any state in life, huh? any state in life, we're going to be uh, facing some form of drudgery and some form of having to eat our vegetables. And it's the inglorious stuff. And we want to skip that and get to the glorious stuff, too many of us. And that's something that perhaps Lent is a great time to have a serious um, awakening and a serious reckoning uh, about that. So um, we should we should seek um, now to exercise virtues, Christian virtues. And, and there's, there's obviously something, uh, in Lent especially, something in the Christian life a serious Catholic will know, I need to acquire virtue. I need to acquire virtue proactively, not just reactively. In other words, it's not just that when I'm tempted against thus and such a virtue, I shouldn't sin. That's not the way to grow in the virtue. The way to grow in the virtue is to perform acts of that virtue. Simply not sinning isn't a way to get to heaven. It might be a way to spend a really long time in purgatory, but simply not sinning is not a way to get to heaven. We have to be saints. We have to be pursuing God, pursuing the love of God, right? Faith, hope, charity, that's the love of God and love of neighbor, as well as humility and abandonment. We have to be proactively living out these virtues, not simply reacting to the multiple stimuli around us and trying to do it in a somewhat Christian way. It's a much much different approach. It's a much different uh, outlook, a much different vision of life. Um, so let me then talk for a moment about uh, one of these virtues. It's the virtue that is very much linked to, or one of the virtues that is very much linked to drudgery. By the way, abandonment and humility are linked to the drudgery. Uh, actually, let's go through those five virtues that Father uh, Boylan puts out for us, Don Mary Eugene Boylan, the Trappist. Uh, faith, hope, charity, humility, and abandonment. Drudgery ties into every one of them, right? If you if you if you're the teacher grading papers, if you're the farmer, you know, you know, um, um, feeding your lambs because you you're the 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 mother that just gave birth to them is sick and can't nurse. Um, uh, this is, this happened to a friend of mine a couple of days ago. Uh, if if you're going when you're going through those those moments of drudgery, well, you know, faith. You can look at this in light of faith. Yes, absolutely. You can look at this in life of faith, in light of faith. Uh, what I do before God in my daily duties, all these little things that I do, matters to God. I'm baptized. I'm His Son. 
I'm trying to live out a, a Christian life, and the very thing that I'm doing right now, which is right in line with my obligations, this is something that is actually important to God. Uh, we might not think in, in those terms immediately, but it is. If something is important to us, it's a subject that we can bring to prayer, St. Alphonsus Maria de Liguri says. But it, 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 consequently, it, it, it's of some importance to God. I really don't think that God cares who wins the Super Bowl, but I think that God cares much, much more how that farmer feeds his lambs when they need to be fed, you know, because, you know, mom can't nurse them. Um, and yeah, I say I hate professional sports. Okay, so sorry. Yeah, my bigotry comes out there. My prejudice against professional sports comes out there. Uh, but I, but I mean, who cares really? I mean, does God care? I, I can't see Him caring about that. Uh, but I think He does care about the way that somebody virtuously goes about the living of his life and living your life in the light of faith, knowing that things you do here echo in eternity, that is an act of faith. Knowing that what I do here will be, whether I do good or ill, I'll be judged on it one day and uh, every little deed I do casts long shadows into eternity. I heard Brother Francis say that uh, and, and he emphasized long shadows uh, and, it, and it really impressed me. It, it, made, it made a mark on me, kind of disturbed me actually, uh, but in a good way, in a, in a, in a fruitful and productive way. Um, everything we do does cast long shadows into eternity. We must believe that by faith. Otherwise, we're practical atheists. We don't think that God isn't actually involved in our life and he doesn't care about us. Uh, so how does hope tie into drudgery? Well, um, hope is the theological virtue by which we uh, trust that God will give us all the means that we need to save our souls, right? Uh, and, we, and, we, and, and we're motivated to that hope by God's promises and, by, and because of his mercy. Um, we can hope that if we're faithful to the graces that he gives us in these little things, that this will have an eternal reward. That is, that is an act of hope. And, and charity, well, loving God all the time, loving God in little things, doing what you do so as to serve God and not just your earthly master or not just yourself if you're self-employed, but do, doing it to love God and to love neighbor, doing it with that supernatural motive, you can transform all of those little drudgery type things into acts of charity. Abandonment, well, you know, hey God, you know, this is my lot in life. You gave me this. I'm, 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 I'm stuck here, having to work out my living, having to uh, eat my bread by the sweat of my brow in this particular way. I'm abandoned to your divine will, right? So there's abandonment right there. Um, the 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 cow just died. I'm abandoned to your will. I don't know why you let it happen. It's a mystery to me. But uh, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You imitate holy Job, right? That's abandonment. And um, and uh, so, so there it is. I, I, I oh humility. I sorry. I skipped. I skipped uh, from charity to abandonment. Um, humility, of course, is well. I mean, how humbling is all that stuff? 